Welcome to the Andy Social Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to all the new listeners that have taken the time to give this a shot. I encourage you to go back and listen to some of the episodes where I've got some guests on, uh, lots of cool conversations and things that I've learned along the way and uh, heaps of cool stuff um, coming up in the future as well with plenty of other guests that I've got lined up. Uh, this is a bit of an interim episode that I have. I've sort of lost a bit of focus over the last couple of weeks um, and haven't really been stockpiling the interviews as much as I would like. And um, I found myself a bit behind the eight ball this week. So I'm desperately trying to get at least something out so that uh, you guys have got something to listen to. But um, it's a big thing for me to keep this regular and keep this weekly. Just a bit of reassurance. I've got quite a few people that are lined up uh, and hopefully we'll uh, get those interviews locked in and recorded and edited and everything um, over the next week or two. Um, A lot of cool people, a mixture of uh, music-related guests and a few people that I've contacted, in a sense, kind of like a cold call or a cold email, so to speak, that uh, I would normally not ever reach out to. But I guess that's one of the benefits of this podcast is that I've got a great excuse to start talking to people that I normally wouldn't. Uh, and not because I wouldn't want to, but just because I would have no real no real reason to without it feeling a bit awkward and um, and unusual. So it's great to have a bit of a purpose to go in there and, and to start approaching these people. So you'll see as as the weeks come on that I've got a lot of cool um, people that uh, are very uh, left of field and people that would uh, a lot of you might not expect either. Um, but the reason for my focus being a little bit off um, the last couple of weeks is that I'm just, I've just moved house. Um, well, I'm still in the process of moving house. I'm uh, doing it all all ourselves, myself and my fiance. So we've just bought a house down on the south coast. So just in between everything else going on in our lives, we're uh, we're taking car loads down in our own time just to slowly fill the house up and and do a bit of cleaning and some light renos and. And a lot of sort of general stuff. So I'm actually down at the house at the moment for a couple of days uh, working from home and, and just trying to get that, that work-life balance happening, which is, which is quite good. Um, at the moment, I'm sitting here waiting for a plumber to show up because I've found that uh, there's a pipe out the back of the, the property that's burst due to it being old and rusted. And I hit it with a push-on mower this morning. So uh, there was water spraying all, all across the backyard. So I've uh, turned off the water. So um, I'm, I'm without water at the moment and just waiting for a plumber to rock up. And um, I'm also here waiting on a fridge to show up, which was meant to show up yesterday, but uh, they, they cocked up and, and now they're coming this afternoon. So I'm sort of sitting here doing a bit of work and, and uh, cleaning up around the place. And I thought, well, I've got a bit of time to kill in between everything and I'll, I'll try and smash out a, a quick little podcast just to keep the, the momentum going. I can never say that word properly and just have something out there for, for you guys to listen to. Um, but over the coming weeks, as this all settles down, I'll, I'll get back into the groove of it. But as I said, there's quite a few episodes coming along anyway. Uh, one thing I just wanted to probably have a quick chat about, which I found really interesting and sort of uh, found a renewed interest for is uh, learning another language. And I was listening to a podcast uh, just recently. I think it might have been Tim Ferriss. He was interviewing, I'm going to get his name wrong. I think it's Louis von Ahn. And Louis is the uh, creator of and owner of uh, Duolingo, 
or Duolingo. And uh, it's a great app that you can use. Um, it's a free app that you can download, I think. I don't know if it's on Android, but I assume it probably is because it's a fairly well-known app. Um, it's definitely available on Apple devices. And it's an amazing um, program that you can learn a multitude of languages um, in a very simple and easy way. And it's almost like playing a, a small game that uh, maybe maybe somebody in, a, in, in primary school would play. Uh, but it's it's extremely effective, and um, and I actually downloaded it quite a few months ago. It might have been, even been twelve months ago, and I started doing the German one, and uh, I got distracted as I always do because I've got a bit of uh, goldfish syndrome. <laughs> I just uh, forget what I was doing and uh, and move on to something else or or whatnot. But um, I did quite a few uh, little modules in the in the German one, and it was quite cool. But then I forgot all about it. But when I listened to this podcast interview the other day, uh, it sort of renewed my interest in it all. And and uh, he explained in the in the podcast um, just different approaches and how much of an impact it's had globally across so many different uh, countries and people that are trying to learn, especially people that are trying to learn English uh, for the first time. And a lot of the the app is also helping. Um, do a lot of translation for documents and books and whatnot that have never been translated before. So part of doing the work, um, part of doing these modules in this app, you're also invited to do some uh, some further testing. Well, um, word testing is probably not the right thing, but some further um, learning by doing translation of certain documents and translating it back into your language. So, for instance... I've got the German one going at the moment and you might get a document that's written in German and they ask you to see what you can translate out of that document into English. So you might not translate the entire thing pitch perfect, um, but there's several hundred or several thousand other people that are all trying to translate that same document. And however it works, they get all the results together and they're able to, you know, know, merge it all together and create a document that's sound enough that's got a satisfactory translation. So they they offer this service to a lot of major companies that that have got a lot of documents that need to be translated into other languages. So one of the examples that he used was um, CNN want a lot of their their, uh, material translated into, I can't remember what the language was, it may have been Spanish, or um, Portuguese or something like that. So they pay Duolingo and Duolingo gets their users to do all, all this translation. And when you've got hundreds of thousands of people, and I'm not sure how many people actually use the app, it's probably in the millions, um, you find that a lot of these uh, jobs that are given to Duolingo get, uh, get done reasonably quickly and at a fairly satisfactory level. So apparently the CNN's been doing it for quite a number of years with Duolingo. So it's um, so far so good with them. So I thought that was quite cool. I thought it was, uh, there's, a, there's an additional purpose there to provide a service for people and, and provide a lot of translation to make communication between people all over the world a lot more fluid and probably open the doors a lot more to a lot more communication between cultures and people that probably, you know, several years ago or decades or hundreds of years ago, everyone was a lot more segregated um, and weren't able to relate to each other as much because we couldn't communicate. And now it's a case that a lot more people are open-minded to to learn each other's languages, communicate more with other people, and whether that be verbally or through written communication as well. So 
one of the things that he mentioned in this podcast was, uh, or Tim asked uh, Lewis about what was the best approach to learning a language through the app. You know, what's to be able to uh, learn a language on a basic level, to be able to communicate and satisfactory, satisfactorily, is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> it's quite ironic given, uh, given, you know, I'm speaking my native language here. Um, what would be a reasonable expectation um, as far as a learning uh, approach? You know, how many hours should you put in, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I guess it's common sense, but you don't really think about it too much. And it was quite interesting because he said a lot of people get on there and they see the statistics from people that use the app, download the app, use it, and then they look at the fallout, fallout rate. And they said a lot of people go in there and binge use the app and spend hours and hours and hours straight away absorbing as much information as possible, but then they tend to fade out a lot quicker than other people that have a more structured approach and just take bite-sized modules each day and make it part of their routine. So I, and to be completely honest, when I originally downloaded this, I was so excited with it, I just kept going and going and going. And I did like, I think, 10 or 11 modules of of the German uh, program and then realised by the end of it that I, I, I couldn't remember what I'd learned to start off with. And, and if the app wasn't in front of me, then I had no idea. Like if, if someone came up to me and started asking me the same questions, I might remember some of them, but overall I'd probably forget the majority of it because I was just trying to take in as much information as possible. And it was quite interesting. It was a bit of a, a moment for me because I'm always in a sense of panic when I read, when I watch something. And I've always got lists, I've got piles of books, I've got uh, piles of movies and documentaries, I've got lists on my phone of all these things that I need to read and I need to watch. And I'm always in this sense of panic when I um, approach these things because I'm reading with, <laughs> with, the, uh, with the goal to get through the book as quickly as possible so I can get onto the next book or watch the movie and look forward to the end of the movie so I can watch the next one. And it's this never-ending quest of trying to uh, digest as much content as possible. But what I'm finding is the majority of the content that I'm taking in is not being absorbed, it's not being retained. So, I, I mean, I'm definitely better for it than not trying and not reading or not watching anything at all. I'm still miles better than what I would have been if I never bothered to do anything in the first place. But I know that I'm doing myself a disservice by churning through so much material in the hope that I'll, you know, find more enlightenment or, you know, more intelligence or more knowledge and whatnot when, you know, a very small percentage of what I'm actually taking in is being retained. So it was the same approach with this uh, language app. And I thought, well, this is going to be all about routine more so than me just becoming obsessed about it again and smashing through it and trying to take in as much as I can. So I thought the, the recommendation was 20 to 30 minutes a day, which is approximately probably, a, I don't know, two or three modules of the uh, of each of the language programs. And I thought if I can do that a day, and it's a bit of a difficult thing to try and add it into your routine. It's sort of like exercise and anything else that we're not used to doing. Um, then I'd be interested to see where I'm at after a month, after 30 days of, of doing 20 to 30 minutes a day of a language. And um, like even yesterday was when I started it again. And instead of just picking up where I left off, I went right back to the start and started redoing all the 
all the modules again. And I only did two or three and I tried to, I was very tempted to keep going because I was on a bit of a, of a roll, but um, I really want to try this out and see whether I can, I can push it and see where I can get after a month. And there's no goal here for me to be fluent in German, um, you know, to be able to communicate, to be able to do anything in a business sense. Um, for me, it's more of an appreciation of language. And I think if I can understand German to a degree, then I think I can understand my own language a bit better. And I can, I can improve my English skills better by learning another language, if that makes sense. And I think for a lot of us that are, that are native English speakers, we take the language for granted and we become very lazy with the way that we articulate things, the way we communicate, whether that be verbal or especially written these days with how quick everything is and people seem to have less of a care for, um, for written communication. As you can see, probably people that use social media find uh, there's a lot of interesting you know, ways of uh, spelling, <laughs> let alone uh, basic punctuation and grammar. So I think we take a lot of it for granted and we don't appreciate these noises that come out of our mouths. Um, and, f and in some way, we're able to articulate a feeling, an idea um, to another person by just moving our mouth in a certain way, moving our tongue in a certain way um, to create a sound, because that's all we're doing, we're projecting sounds to each other. And um, I think for a lot of us that are, that are native to the English language, we we don't, we don't appreciate that. Many of us don't. So I think for me, if I can start to absorb other languages and just get a basic understanding of them, and hopefully, I mean, a bonus is for me to be able to communicate with somebody in German. You know, next time I go to Germany again, to be able to speak to somebody or just to be able to get around. I mean, uh, one of the things I mentioned in a previous episode was when I was last in Germany uh, by myself and I was um, trying to get around and just talk to people and there were people that spoke English, but because I looked like everybody else, everyone assumed that I spoke German. And when they realized that I couldn't speak German, not that they cared too much, but they had to recalculate, they had to change their approach to me and start speaking to me in, the, in you know, their broken English or whatever it might be. And I just felt, I felt very foreign. <laughs> um, but I just felt like I was inconveniencing people as well. And it's a bit of a respect thing. I think, you know, everyone's got a different opinion of this, but I like to, I like to look at it that, um, you know, if I'm going to another country, uh, I should at least have an attempt to speak the language, you know, and to, to go in there without any knowledge of how they communicate and just expect people to speak English is, um, is very ignorant. And, um, and I think it's, it's, it can be interpreted as being rude. So um, it was very... It was a bit of a challenge for me. It was. It was. Uh, it definitely was a bit of a, a shock to me because in the past, when I've gone to Europe and been to Germany, I've been with a group of people, and you don't notice it as much. You know, you're, you're there as a group of people in a, in a in a team or whatever it might be, and uh, and you know, you you're all communicating, and and you don't feel as uh, isolated. But when you're there by yourself, and and for anybody listening who's travelled internationally into foreign speaking countries uh, by themselves, I'm. I, I can only assume that you probably uh, you probably experienced a similar feeling. And so, and the appreciation from locals when you do attempt to speak the language, even if you're crap at it, um, certainly goes a long way. And um, I've definitely found that when when I go to Japan and I can speak a little bit of Japan, uh, a little bit of Japan, <laughs> a little bit of Japanese um, on a very basic level. Not that I could have a conversation, but I can, 
you know, I can say hello. I can, I can ask, you know, which direction is something. I can ask how much something is. Um, I can say, excuse me, which I say all the time. Um, and just the, the basic pleasantries. And for me, that's always been enough to get me by. And uh, the Japanese people that I've had conversations with and interacted with over the years have all been very impressed and you know, very happy that, uh, that I've made an attempt to try and speak their language. And it's certainly a great feeling to be able to have that connection. You, know, you, you really are reaching out to speak to somebody from a completely different culture when you're able to, to converse in, in their tongue to a degree. But even from Jap- a Japanese point of view, I got to a point where I started making a lot of friends in Japan and I could only commute, and some of them were very, uh, very fluent in English and that was great. And others were, were not very good at English whatsoever. So a lot of our communication was on a very basic level. But I did find after a while that my pleasantries and my, my words, my simple words and simple ways of communicating only brought me so far. And I started to feel guilty because I wasn't frustrated at them that they couldn't speak English. I was frustrated myself that I couldn't speak Japanese because I was in their home. I was, I was in their country, um, you know, and I've come to them. And for me to try and speak to them in my own native tongue in their country um, just wasn't appropriate. And so I, d- I definitely felt a real sense of guilt after a while that I really should have been learning more. And I've, I've taken multiple attempts to try and um, extend my knowledge of Japanese, but it is very it's not that it's a difficult language, but it's very difficult to uh, stay strict to it and stay on a plan and a path to, to ensure that you've got that routine down, just as, as uh, I've been talking about with the German thing. Um, so, but that's something I would like eventually down the track that I can speak fluently to the people that I've, I've grown uh, close to over the years and really, really understand who they are and really learn about them more and, and, and get to know them better. Um, because I can only get to know them to a point um, through our basic means of communication. Um, and maybe, and just, I'm, I'm going off on all sorts of directions. I've got no structure to this podcast, by the way. I'm just, I'm just winging it. So uh, bear with me. <laughs> but um, one of the things I did notice when I did speak to those people in Japan that I'd, I'd grown quite close to um, that couldn't speak a lot of English is that it's amazing what you can convey and what you can express without words. Um, I think you really do appreciate language a lot more when you when it's removed, when when you can't when you can't communicate anymore verbally, and you really have to rely on um, your your body language, the way that you hold yourself, um, the way that you articulate a function or a task or. Um, anything. Uh, it's it's a very you have to be very conscious and very aware of what's going on. And sometimes your interpretation of how a certain uh, phrase or whatever, in a bodily sense, uh, may be completely different to how somebody from another country interprets it as well. So one example that just popped into my head when we would go over and play in Japan, and this might actually not be a Japanese thing at all. I think it might be universal anyway, so it's probably not the best example. But one thing that we would do is when we we're on stage sound checking, we'd be check- checking our monitors. So for people who are 
musically inclined or haven't been in a band or anything as such, your speakers that are on stage that face you. So while you're playing on stage, you can hear yourself. So it's different to the PA speakers that are facing out to the crowd. There's speakers that run along the front of the stage and off to the sides that face the band so we can we can hear what we're doing, what we're playing. Um, mainly for vocals, but uh, but you know it can it can be used for, for everything if need be. Um, so one of the things that we do during sound check is to make sure that the levels that are coming through the on-stage speakers are are okay. So we go through and we test all of our guitars, we test the, the microphones, we test the drums, we play together as a band, make sure that the levels are okay and we're able to, to hear everything together with, you know, because there's a lot of volume there. So we've just got to make sure that everything cuts through, it sounds clear, and um, we also have to compensate for when the room eventually fills up with people as well, because then the dynamics and everything changes after that as well. So one of the things that we usually do is we're standing on stage and the person, especially with these smaller venues, uh, there's nobody on the side of the stage moving, uh, playing with these monitors. Uh, in bigger venues, you usually have a monitor person who sits off to the side of the stage, so it's a lot easier to communicate with them. But in a lot of these smaller clubs, everything's at the front of the house, up at the, the, the console desk. So you're communicating from the stage to the console desk. And... Um, even when you're both speaking the same language, it can be quite difficult if, uh, if people don't turn microphones on or whatnot. But, uh, but usually with some hand movements, you can communicate. And one of the things that we found was when we needed um, additional volume is we would just point upwards with our index finger and just point up and then just point down with our index finger. Very simple. So up, low, up, down or whatever. So that's fine. And then when we're okay and everything sounded good, we just give the thumbs up. Now in Japan whenever we gave the thumbs up, they didn't take that as a, everything's okay. They took that as a gesture as volume needs to go up. So whenever we did the thumbs up and we said, okay, they increased the volume. So when we came to start actually playing the show, everything was smashing through. And we're like, oh geez. Um, and we had to sort of try and gesture in between songs and parts of the song to, to try and get the levels back down to to an appropriate uh, appropriate level. So that was one thing where the interpretation of the thumbs up was completely different to the Japanese to what uh, what it was for us. And I don't know whether I don't work in the uh, this you know the audio industry, so I don't know whether the thumbs up is uh, traditionally seen as a as a a volume up gesture. Um, I but I I haven't seen that sort of uh, miscommunication anywhere else apart from Japan. So we've had to be very aware of that. But, um, but just conversing with friends and people, just being very aware of, of how I move my hands, move my arms, um, how I point to things, um, how I move my eyes, how I gesture in certain directions. Uh, I have to be very, very aware of that to ensure that I'm conveying the best possible message at this point in time, even if it's and nine times out of ten, it's not anything complex. It's they're very simple things that I'm trying to express, and vice versa for for my Japanese friend who would be doing the same thing. You know, you can't. It's very difficult to convey anything that's complex, but to be able to convey something very simple may involve a lot of complex thoughts, so to speak. To be very conscious and aware of um, of of what you're what you're trying to do as far as uh, communicating with your body so anyway totally gone off on a complete tangent there but um, going back to what i was saying learning the language for me is to get an appreciation of of my own language and become better at it uh, become a better speaker of the english language be a better 
communicate uh, in a written sense uh, as a writer. I'd love to be able to write uh, more and, and write in a, in a more flowing way that makes a lot more sense and a lot more structured and a lot more engaging way. Um, I do find that in some cases I can write very well, but in other cases uh, I hit, hit a brick wall. And I think once I appreciate the language a lot more, I think I will be a lot more conscious of, of what comes out and how I structure it and how I write it uh, before I put it anywhere. So that's that's where my head's at. So with this app, by all means, anybody who's listening who hasn't used it before, you can get it at, um, at the Apple Store and it's, uh, I'm just quickly pulling it up and um, I can hear a bit of feedback on my mic here. Uh, it is, okay, so it's Duolingo, so it's D. U-O-L-I-N-G-O. Download it, put chuck it on your phone. Hopefully it's on Android as well for, for all you uh, Android users. And if anyone, anybody else is interested, maybe, um, maybe we can all band together and uh, see what we can do as far as learning some languages. Um, for me, it's not a quest to, to master German, as I said before, and German's just the first one that popped up. And because I've been to Germany quite a number of times, um, I thought that um, it'd probably be a, a, a language to learn that would be a, a good, well, it would make the most sense at this point in time. Unfortunately, they don't have Japanese, they don't have any of the Asian languages at this point in time, but they are working on it. Um, so I didn't pick Japanese, but um, I thought German would be a bit of fun. So I'm going to try and do 20 minutes a day, no more, no less, and, um, and just do it for a month and see where I'm at and uh, see if I can remember some more words uh, than... Um, you know, brot, which is bread, wasser, which is water, frau, which is uh, woman, uh, kind, which is child, uh, what else was there, man, which is just man, um, <laughs> uh, and there you go, I've already forgotten them already, so there's a few things there, basic words and whatnot, and, and, and it is put in sentence structure, so you, you already start to learn sentences straight away, um, uh, and I, and now putting myself on the spot. I can't even remember any of the sentences. Um, uh, ich bin ein Mann. I am a man. Is that right? Mm. Yeah. Er Mann und eine Frau. A man and a woman, I think. I could be completely wrong and just fail miserably then. But uh, anyway, so I'll see where I'm at after a month. If anybody else wants to join in, download the app. You can search for friends. So if you've got me on Facebook, try and search for me and we'll link up on Duolingo and we can compare each other on a weekly basis. And then what I'll do after a month is I'll do another little episode and just uh, probably touch base and see how I'm tracking. Maybe throw a few... uh, few German phrases out there and anyone out there who does speak German, you can laugh um, and hopefully not get offended by my uh, horrible attempt at, uh, at your language. And and if anybody's got any tips with um, with learning languages, I'd definitely be uh, all ears as far as um, how other people have been able to learn another language. Um, I've always been envious of people that have not grown up in a native English speaking country and have learned English through school, but especially people in Europe that are so close in such close proximity to each other where they have to learn a number of languages for all their neighbouring countries. So um, a lot of people are multilingual and um, and I've just always been envious of that. I've been extremely jealous. I've, I've, I always wish that um, that language in Australia was seen as more of more than just a hobby because even in school it was it wasn't taken seriously it was always something that was a to add a bit of extra flavor add a bit of uh, variety to the curriculum um, and but it was never anything that was put in place as something that was taken seriously as a serious element of your 
of your education. And I think in Australia, some of the languages that we really should be learning um, are the languages of, of our migrants, our people here that are, that are coming into the country now, or the people that have been here, um, where our large percentage of our migrants um, come from. So, um, you know, whether that be Cantonese or Mandarin, uh, Indonesian, um, Greek and Italian, uh, German. I don't know what the percentage of German migrants are here, but there are Germans around. Um, Japanese, definitely. Uh, so there's um, and Arabic, of, of of course. So there's a lot of. I think there's a lot of purpose and a lot of um, I think real importance that should be put around learning languages in in school in, in Australia and not just making it as a, as a, as a, a an add-on to the curriculum, but something that's just a fundamental that needs to be learned. It's an, it's an essential, it's, it's, um, it's a core topic that, uh, that, uh, that needs to be done. So, uh, anyway, um, I'll leave it at that. Um, if anybody is interested in doing this, by all means, you don't have to learn German. Um, from what I can remember, and I might actually put up, pull up the app now, just so I'm not completely talking out of my ass. Um, bear with me a moment. There are a heap of languages on here. Um, so you can pick and choose whatever you'd like. Um, so just going through what I can see here at the moment, there's German, French, Italian, Portuguese, Spanish, um, Dutch, Irish, actually, uh, Danish, Swedish, Turkish, uh, Esperanto, Norwegian, Ukrainian, um, and I think that's it as far as the main, oh, that's, they're the main ones for English speakers. So, uh, you know, if you're not originally native to the English language, there, there might be some, uh, some other ones in your native, native lang language that you can, you can learn yourself. But uh, by all means, pick anything that you want. Uh, we can still compare each other um, and see, uh, see where you're at. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give German a stab, see where I'm at after a month. And it might be, the other thing I'm thinking is, after a month, if I've been able to absorb a fair bit and actually retain um, a large chunk of, of everything that I've taken in over the, the previous four weeks, then I might even just move on to another language just to get an understanding of that one. Um, I have heard from people that are multilingual that um, once you can get your head around certain languages, then it's very easy to be able to pick up other ones because there's certain uh there's certain structures that transcend across languages and it's easier to pick up other languages once you've been able to get over that first initial hump. I don't think that applies to every language out there. I think there's some very, uh, very unique languages, but I think from my understanding, some of the, the main, the main languages out there, if you can, if you can master one of them, or at least, you know, not master, but if you can get your head around one of them, then it makes it a lot easier when you start to learn the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, or however, however far you want to go. But for me, I'd love to be able to, to speak basic in a number of languages where I could actually, um, converse with people and not in you know, in-depth conversation, but just uh, on a basic, uh, a basic sense where I can, uh, communicate, I can probably have a little bit of a joke with somebody, um, and, uh, and just get to know people a bit more. Um, I think that'd be fantastic and not have to rely on my own native language to be able to communicate with people. Maybe, uh, maybe one day I can do a German version of my podcast. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's enough. Um, I've rambled on for enough. Thank you so much for listening. Um, as I said, uh, download the app uh, and let me know what you think. If you've got any tips or advice or if you've uh, had these struggles yourself, I'd love to know um, what you've done in the past or even just uh, just to learn of your experiences. 
and um, we'll see we'll see where we go over the coming coming weeks and months. A bit of housekeeping before I wrap up. Podcast is going amazing, really, really well. The core countries at the moment are, of course, Australia. Um, the majority of my listeners are coming from Australia, but uh, coming up second is the US, then the UK, New Zealand, India, and then it sort of uh, branches off after that to a number of other countries. But I can see um, I'm trying to get my head around the podcast world and where the, the core audiences are for podcast listeners. And I, I still think that the US appears to be where the majority of the podcast world sits at the moment. I think podcasts seem to be far more popular there than they do, for instance, in, in Australia or the UK or New Zealand. But the majority of my listeners are obviously listening from Australia, just given where I am. And But uh, I'm definitely trying my best to push podcasts out to more people that normally wouldn't listen to podcasts. Um, I'm hoping that people become encouraged to listen to podcasts through people like Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss, Duncan Trussell, Mark Maron, I'm just trying to think of other people off the top of my head. There's so many amazing podcasts and they're the podcasts that got me into it and got me excited about um, this whole uh, this whole media platform and then in turn got me to a point where I wanted to do one myself. So I'm hoping that, um, that other people will find a way to get into this whole podcast thing and, and in turn then come and discover my podcast. Um, I'm definitely not in uh, in the mindset that I think that my podcast will be the turning point for people to to become uh, absorbed in, into the whole domain of it. But I hope that whatever it is that gets you interested in in this uh, this medium will in turn uh, make you a regular listener of of my podcast as well. Um, so, in order for you guys to help me out, as always, uh, for iTunes listeners, get on iTunes. It takes you two minutes. Click the stars, however many stars you want to give me. I think it's out of five. Give me a rating. Leave me a one-sentence review. The algorithms from the ratings and reviews plus the plays each week are calculated and that determines your chart position. So I'm hoping by later this year that I'll be sitting further up in the charts. If you're not on iTunes, you're using another podcast player. If there's any way of rating through those players or leaving comments, anything will be a massive help. You'll be amazed at how much more traction things can get with just a simple bit of interaction like a comment or whatnot. Um, a lot of these websites are worked on algorithms and tend to push the ones up that have a bit more activity further up the list with a bit more visibility. And the ones that don't have any uh, any interaction tend to, to sit dormant um, at the bottom of the pile and, and never get any, any visibility whatsoever. So anything that you guys can do, even if it's just a, a couple words or anything like that, uh, it all it all helps. If you don't want to do that, uh, simply just share the the episodes, share them on Facebook, on Twitter, through Instagram, whatever it might be. Get out there and just and sh- shoot them through to people. There might be somebody that uh, might be interested, for instance, in the strongman stuff that I put up uh, uh, just recently with Ben. So someone who's into weights and fitness and whatnot may find that really interesting who normally wouldn't be interested in the music side of things. So um, if if anybody thinks along those lines and finds somebody that might be uh, interested in a particular episode, please uh, please pass it on. It would be fantastic to get more listeners in that aren't just within the uh, the initial circles of our our music realm. And uh, I'll continue to push that uh, in further in different directions as time goes on as well. Facebook, just search for Andy Social Podcast, but it's Andy Dowling Official. Facebook.com slash Andy Dowling Official if you want to type it in. Uh, I'm Andy Dowling on Twitter, Instagram, I'm Andy Dowling, all the Lord stuff, lord.net.au, the stores there, 
Uh, if you type Lord Official into most of the social media platforms, we're all there as well. If you haven't bothered to check out any of our music, please do. It'd be great um, if you give it a give it a shot. And um, oh, and lastly, before I wrap it up, uh, I mentioned on the last podcast about putting together a podcast event. Not so much a podcast event, but a get together or a catch up. Uh, still haven't locked in a date, but I'm looking at late May. Uh, April's pretty crazy with a lot of uh, international tours for music. Um, and May is quite busy for me, but I think the last couple of weeks of May uh, might end up being a, an appropriate um, window to put something on. So um, for those who didn't listen to the last episode, I'll lock in that date pretty quickly. I want to give everyone plenty of notice. Uh, if you're in the area, you're in Sydney or you know in the, uh, the outer areas of Sydney, uh, by all means, come along. It'll, what it will be is something that starts around midday or one o'clock. Um, so it doesn't take away from anybody's existing plans at night. Um, so less clashes. Uh, come out. It'll be just a case. It'll be a catch up where we can drink. Um, there won't be any formal affair. We won't have like seats or anything like that. It'll just be let's meet up in a bar and, and chat and, and hang out. And um, I might sort of add some additional things to it um, just to make it a, you know, something special, I guess. But um, I haven't quite thought of that yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll get to that um, as time moves on. Um, the cool thing that I want to make about uh, put around this whole thing is that I, I won't be putting anything on social media. I won't be mentioning it anywhere. There, will, there won't be any Facebook invites. There'll be nothing sent out. There are no emails, no text messages, nothing purely on here. So whatever I decide to do, whatever um, date I lock in will be purely communicated through these episodes. So if you're listening, then you'll know what's going on. If you don't listen, then you won't know. Now, by all means, if you want to tell other people, then then you can do so. I, I really don't care. But for me, I thought it'd be kind of cool just to make it exclusive and, and uh, we can just meet up. And even if there's like a small number of us, like, you know, I don't know, five or 10 people, then whatever, um, that it'll still be fun. We'll have a great time. And then I might just make it a regular thing, maybe twice a year, um, where we just do a, a catch up. And if I give people plenty of notice, maybe there's people from um, other parts of the country or from overseas who are planning to, to travel to Sydney uh, for holiday or for work or anything like that, maybe this date or a date in the future might line up with um, a time that you're in Sydney. So uh, this this offer is open to anybody listening to the podcast. So if uh, if we happen to have an international visitor that's just stopping by at that time, then even better. So uh, I'll continue to let you guys know as updates come along, but it will be one of the last weekends in May. It'll be a Saturday. So I don't even have the dates in front of me, but it's either going to be one or two dates in May. So have a look at your calendars. Um, I'll lock that in fairly quickly and it'll be a pub or bar somewhere in Sydney itself. So more than likely it'll be somewhere CBD or the inner suburbs. I'm thinking um, just for convenience, for, for people to get to a central spot, maybe somewhere around Surrey Hills. There's a couple of cool bars there that um, uh, some got some cool craft beer and sort of stuff like that. So maybe that might be um, an option where it's very casual. I won't book anything. Um, well, not this stage, but we'll see where we where, we, where this all goes. Um, and we'll just meet up and, and have a few drinks and I'll, I'll have a few other things on hand just to, uh, to make it, uh, make it a little bit, uh, special. So, uh, yeah, keep that in mind and I'll provide further updates down the track. Uh, but, uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thanks for sticking out through this podcast. Um, I think now I might have to go out and, uh, go and find some lunch because I haven't got a fridge. 
I've uh, I've got no food here, and um, I've got a little bit of time before the plumber and the uh, the fridge uh, guy rocks up. So I might go and do that, and then come back and uh, do a bit of work. All right, guys, uh, speak to you next week. Cheers. You're ready, you're-